So working at the Evening Standard, you spent around four years there, I believe. Um, yeah, almost four, four years. Yeah. Quite a long period of time. So talk to me about what what were you working on? What were some of the major sort of stories? Um, is there anything that touched you in particular? Mm. Well, before I could kind of like um, get into like the working and doing stories regularly, I obviously had to study. That was 17 weeks, um, really fast paced. And I have to be very honest, in case anyone here is like listening to it, listening to this podcast and wants to be a journalist as well. Um, I had to study this thing called the NCTJ, which is I was learning media law. I was learning how to cover things like suicide, crime scenes. So it was a lot. Um, and bear in mind, I was 18 and my peers were people that had just finished their degrees or that finished their masters. So I found it really, really difficult because I was in this fast paced environment where every day they're doing something new. I would come in every single day for those 17 weeks and they've moved on to the next chapter, right? Yeah. And there are people who've gone to university doing this course now. And not to say it was easy for them, but they had experienced that fast paceness of university already. So for them, it's like they knew what to expect. I'm coming from A-levels where my teacher will be repeating things for me all the time, right? To now this environment. So anyways, yeah, I had to do that 17 weeks, really learning what it means to be a journalist. And because journalists be getting sued, you know? <laughs> So we actually have more to get sued. In okay. What so yeah, anyway, and then eventually after doing that course, that's when I started working like full time in, in the newsroom. And um, yeah, it was obviously as with anything, you have your ups and downs, but it was absolutely amazing just being surrounded by talented storytellers. You know, um, I would work on like breaking news, something that's happening there and then having to put it out there really quickly for our readers. I would be watching Prime Minister's Question Times and having to literally be listening to it, but also writing the story at the same time so we can put it out there live. Um, and I first started off as a general news reporter. So what that means is you cover everything and anything, politics, health, cats and dogs, crime scenes, whatever. But... Um, as time went on, I started realizing the type of journalist I wanted to be. Uh, and I had to basically ask myself, how long will you be a general news reporter? Or how long will you keep kind of doing every single story? How are you going to make your mark? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to just go through this traineeship and then get into this newsroom and do the same thing every single day, but not actually progress in any way. I want to stand out. I want to show them that I may be young, but I have expertise in this area. This is what I can bring to the table. Um, so what they actually did, the evening standard sent me off to an attachment. I'm not sure if you know what that means, for, but for the listeners, it means when your company sends you to another company to get um, training in another type of area of your field. So um, the evening standard sent me to this news agency to basically learn how to report in courts and crime scenes or whatever. It's very long, but anyway, yeah. that's where I realized the type of journalist I wanted to be because there was this editor. I remember we were sitting at this court case and I literally said to him, Oh, I recently came across this uh, case that the, the Met police are um, trying to investigate. They haven't solved it for about, you know, like five years. I want to, I would love to interview the detective. So I wasn't even saying it for any reason. I was just saying, I would love to interview the detective. Then he and she said to me, this guy ended up being my mentor in the end. So why don't you just do it? And I was like, I'm 18. What do you mean? Why don't I just go and interview a detective? He was like, go and do it. Who cares about your age? If you're a journalist that you claim to be and you want to really own the story and you want to question him on this case, go and do it. 
Um, and after interviewing that Met detective, I realized the type of journalist I want to be is one that really digs deep into issues, one that investigates, one that looks into certain um, problems and tries to bring them to the limelight. So once I went through that attachment and came back to the Evening Standard, I was pitching like every single day, trying to get them to give me stories about investigations and crime scenes and whatever. And eventually, after being very annoying... Um, I managed to land um, quite a few investigations and working on the team that does that. Wow. And again, the theme's the same, like you sort of had that vision and you, it sounds to me like you're a very, very bold woman. <laughs> Don't take no for an answer. Um, mm. You try to get what you want, but it's not just so um, to, like you try to get what you want, but you're also qualified to in, in order to sort of get to that position and you're very strategic about you go, how you go about it. So, um, but how, how does that, like, how can we break that down? How does that translate? How do we become more bold or confident or making our mark, like making our stamp, um, standing out, um, especially if, if it's even in a role or a job, like how do we sort of push for that? Give me more responsibility or do not pigeonhole me into one field because at the end of the day, right, we are individuals and we're all responsible. Our destinies, like we're responsible for it. Not so much a company who like, I feel like some people, they may get so like caught up and not, not to say it's a bad thing. If you love your job, love the company you're working for, of course, but sort of like at the end of the day, this is your life and what are you going to do about it? And I feel like you make sure that you have a hold on your life and in the decisions you make. So like how, how does one also go about doing that? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say is that I'm a Christian. So I 100% believe that when God has put you on a certain path, um, that's it. Like if, if God says you can do it, then you can do it. So that's what I 100% believe. So I have faith that if God has placed me on a certain path, then I'm going to own it and I'm going to run with it. Uh, number two, I would say, I think what gave me that boldness and confidence is partly to do with the fact that I didn't have anyone in my family or anyone related to me or even my friends that were journalists or that were doing what I really wanted to do. So I really felt like the person that's going to make a difference um, is down to my actions. I can't ring up mom and say, mom, can you help me with this work experience? Mom, can you reach out to your friend and get me into this new dream? I couldn't do that. So if I was procrastinating, my goals and my dreams would procrastinate as well. So I had to understand that I have to take ownership of this dream and put in the work because if I don't put in the work, nothing's going to happen. That's definitely the first thing I had to understand. Um, Number two, I did a lot of research and I realized that if, in all honesty, this industry lacks diversity. As I keep saying, there aren't many, you know, not just race wise, but, in a, you know, religion, sexuality, this industry lacks diversity. So as a black woman stepping into these newsrooms, I didn't want to get swallowed up by the majority. Do you know what I, do you understand what I mean? So I needed to own the fact that I'm a black woman in this industry and I'm going to make my mark because already there's a lack of diversity, but I've managed to get my foot in the door. Now what? You know, that's not enough now. Now I've put my yeah. foot in the door. I need to do more. Um, so yeah, there's kind of responsibility that now I'm here, I need to do something with it so that I can get to a point where hopefully I can also uplift other people and bring them in with me if possible at all. Um, so just taking ownership of the responsibility of being in the room where it happens, perhaps. Thank you for listening to this short snippet of the Valuable Podcast. I hope this was valuable advice you can apply to your own life. Make sure to listen to the full episode out now and take a browse of all the other valuable episodes. Additionally, subscribe to the newsletter at www.valuablepodcast.com. Remember, increase the value you provide, 
in your rise in due time. <laughs>